It's time for CBJ in 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, YouTube, and TuneIn. The easiest thing to do is tell Alexa or Siri to play CBJ in 30. Here's your host, Bob McGilligan. Welcome to CBJ in 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union. The Blue Jackets got another win last night. Looked a little bit shaky there, maybe in the third period. When the Buffalo Sabres went up by a score of 3-1 to one on their very first shift of the final period of regulation. But the Blue Jackets were able to battle back. They tied the game. They went to overtime. And they got the win as Jake Voracek picks up only his second goal of the year. But it's a game winner. And that's all that matters. Jack Roslevic, Brendan Gauntz. And Oliver Bjorkstrand had the other three goals for the Blue Jackets in that win last night. So the Blue Jackets have won back-to-back games. They are getting set to play in Montreal tomorrow. It is an afternoon game, literally. It gets underway at 12.30 tomorrow afternoon. Well, today we're going to focus a little bit on coaching and even more specifically, some help for the coaches on this Blue Jacket staff. I'll tell you about that right after I tell you about the fine folks at Telhio Credit Union. You know, for a long time, they have been taking care of people in central and southwestern Ohio, and they've been doing that just by providing good services, really taking care of people that join their credit union. So why should you join a credit union? What services do they have? What is the advantage to being with a credit union as opposed to being with a regular bank? Those are some of the questions that you can find the answers to just by going to tellhio.org. Just take a little bit of time, kind of surf around on the site, click on the different links, see what they have, see the different levels of the services that they provide, and see if there's something that fits your needs. More than likely, you're going to find that there is. Telhio Credit Union is open to everyone in central and southwestern Ohio. They are federally insured by NCUA. Well, this summer when Brad Larson was named the head coach of the Blue Jackets, he brought on Pascal Vincent from the Winnipeg Jets organization. Eventually, Steve McCarthy joined his staff, coming down to be a rookie assistant coach in the NHL after he had spent the last couple of years in Cleveland. And Brad Larson had a guy in mind that he thought would be able to help him and his staff as they transitioned into these new roles. And that is a guy that had been on the Blue Jackets staff previously. Craig Hartsburg, longtime National Hockey League defenseman, a former NHL head coach, and as I said, an assistant coach, including a stint with the Blue Jackets running the defense. Brad Larson felt that Craig Hartsburg would be a great guy to come in and join the Blue Jackets, and here's why. Well, with Hartsy, that, that was the whole idea of, of, of hiring him, and I talked with Yarmo about that initially in the process when I first got the job of, of having a guy with experience like that. He's He's been excellent as far as... We talk consistently and, and, you know, about all things, just whether it's structure, personnel, how to help the D, how to help our team. He's been in so many situations as a head coach. Um, he's got just a plethora of experience in, in, uh, in the pro level. So uh, he's been an, an incredible sounding board for me and just a, a, a really good guy to have around uh, physically and just by on the phone. Earlier this week in the ambiance of the Buffalo Hotel Lobby, I got a chance to sit down and talk with Craig Hartsburg about his role with the Blue Jackets and about his long and storied career as both a player and a coach. You know, Craig, you remind me of my mom in a way. <laughs> nice way to start this, right? No, but here's what, here's what reminds uh, me of uh, her when it comes to you. My mother worked in a career and then she retired. And then you know what she did? 
she went back to work. <laughs> <laughs> That's the similarity I see with you because, of course, you coached for a long time, and uh, you finished up coaching the defense for the Blue Jackets, and then you stepped away for a little bit, and now here you are back with the Blue Jackets in a bit of a scouting role in a coaching development role here. Um, what made you come back? Why, why did you get back in the game again? Uh, you know what? Actually, for the last uh, three or four years, I've uh, off and on I've done some uh, work for Columbus where they've asked me to go watch uh, a defenseman or, or work with some of their young defensemen. So this past year when uh, uh, Brad was hired, uh, you know, I was really excited for Brad. I think he's he's going to be a real good young good coach in this league. And so I, actually Brad, Brad called me first and asked if I would – you know, be interested in, uh, in coming on board as a, like you say, a development or a mentor or, or help just to help, you know, and, and I, you know, the, the role for me is, it was, was pretty interesting. It's something that I know when I was a head coach, I wish I would have had somebody that from afar, it's not there every day to, to monitor and watch the team, give an outside perspective of what you see. And, and then basically come in once a month for a week and, and kind of, you know, talk with the coaches and, and work with the coaches and tell them tell them what I'm seeing and uh, good and bad. And, and so I think it, it's 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 been good. I've really enjoyed it. I think, and it's not just with Brad; it's with the whole staff. And I think the staff is a is a real good young staff. I think they're going to grow and they're going to do a good job here in Columbus. Yeah, and as you said, the game evolves. Uh, there are there are more eyes. There are there, there's a lot more video now than there was when you were a head coach, yeah. and you did it with th- three different teams in the National Hockey League, with the Blackhawks, the Ducks, and the Ottawa Senators. Uh, so yeah, you you've been in that seat, and uh, you know, as you said, you're you're not coming in and, and trying to change the world. You're just coming in and and giving your opinions and what you see. And as you well know. What you see from upstairs is far different than what you see at ice level on the bench. For sure. And, you know, again, I watch all their games, not just the ones that when I'm in town. So uh, Brad or, you know, Steve McCarthy or Pascal, they, we'll chat. And again, and sometimes I'm just listening. Sometimes a coach needs somebody to vent to this, rather than this players. And so it's it's kind of a support role that, I, again, I've, I've enjoyed it. And, uh, and hopefully I've helped uh, the staff. I think the thing that's great about it is that you are really connected with this organization from the time that you came in and you were coaching the defenseman to, to doing this role now. That It seems like you've kind of found a home here with the Blue Jackets. <laughs> Do you feel like that? Well, I, I really enjoy the people. Uh, like, there's really good people running this organization right from the top, obviously with uh, J.D., uh, Yarbo, uh, Basil McRae, who was a teammate of mine in Minnesota. So I, I, I think there's really good people. I know the, the franchise has, has had some ups and downs. Uh, they've had some real good run there when Torts was coaching. But it's it, the, the future, is, to me, is really bright for this team. It, it's, uh, it's young, and we're going through a process right now that uh, uh, is a bit of a bumpy road at times. But I think at the end of the day, this, this group is going in the right direction, and uh, there's more good young players coming, which, again, if you're a fan of the team, you want it done right now, but I think a little bit of patience, this will be a real good, fun team to watch in the next few years. Is it easier in the role that you have to look at it and have that kind of an outlook? Because <laughs> when you're coaching, you're the yes. same way as a fan. I mean, you want to win right now, and you want your guys to develop right now. And, and I'm sure there are days where the patience gets a little bit thin. <laughs> yes. Uh, but when you're 
uh, as you're saying, when you're watching it from 40,000 feet, well, it's I a lot thro- easier, right? I haven't thrown anything through my TV yet from home, <laughs> but there's always a couple games I wanted to. But uh, you know what? You're, you're, you're connected to the team. You Maybe emotionally you're not quite as connected as the guys that are there every day. But I, I feel their pain some days, and I'm excited for them when they, when they really have some success. And uh, like I said, we're, it's, it's a fun process. Uh, to, we wish it would all go through faster, but I, I, I see improvements every day. And, and uh, maybe not always on the scoreboard, but the, the young players are getting better. I'm talking with Craig Hartsburg of the Blue Jackets. And when John Tortorella was the head coach here, he was always very front and center. You never had to ask what his opinion was on anything. You never had to ask how he was feeling. He, you just knew. And if you didn't know, he'd be happy to tell you. Yeah. Um, Brad Larson is different in that way. Uh, he's publicly he's a much quieter guy, a more reserved guy. But how much have the how much has the culture not changed inside of the dressing room? How much is he like John Tortorella with his um, expectations of the hard work that you have to put in, having yourself ready for every game? Uh, is he is he like that in that way? But he's just he's just less well, brash I, in the public. I guess. Yeah, I think every coach has a different personality. It's like every person, people in this world have different personalities. I think his values and you know the things that he wants his team to be known for, in a lot of ways, are the same. Uh, but I, this is a you know last year was a tough year for the organization, and they kind of knew at the end of last year that we were going to going in a direction that's going to take a little bit of time at the same time we want to make progress and what i've seen it's, it's there and, uh so the culture in some ways there, there's always when a new coach comes in there's always a new culture to be built and and, it, and it's built through the again the principles the things that the coach wants but also through his personality as well and, and brad you know he's a he's a really good person he's he's honest and he's he cares about people he cares about his players and and doesn't matter if you're a superstar or your fourth line guy he's going to treat you treat you with respect and treat you the same and then he's got two guys that are coaching with him pascal vincent of course he comes from the winnipeg jets organization head coach in the American Hockey League, NHL assistant coach prior to this gig. And then you've got uh, Steve McCarthy on the other side who kind of gets thrust into this uh, late in the summer, his first opportunity to coach in the National Hockey League. And let me ask you about him specifically because you were in that role on this team. You coached the defense. What do you see from him and the relationship that he has with those defensemen? Well, I think he's, he's again, a real great young guy. He he was in the American League, and I was actually doing some work down there with – with with for Columbus with with the coaches down there a few years ago so I spent some time with Steve uh works extremely hard is passionate and and I think again I think he's he's doing a really good job with some of our young D's and and we've had a few rough nights obviously that's what happens in the National Hockey League when you're playing young defensemen but uh he's got him on the right path and uh again we'll continue to, to whatever I can do to help Steve and the defensemen uh that's what that's what I'm here to do. As the game evolves, is there something to be said for a younger coach like him that he's he's more he's not the same age as the players, but he's a little bit closer in age to the players? And it seems like you know today's athlete kind of relates to that a little bit more than the uh, no offense, and I'm in this category too, old curmudgeons. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you, do you see that from today's players? Well, I think there's it's important on your staff that you have 
a younger coach and not too far removed from a player. And I, I think we're lucky here with Columbus. We have Jared Bowl as well that's has uh, taken a role. I think they're they understand you know that today's player and some of the things they're thinking and they can convey that to the rest of the staff so uh, both Steve and Jared I, I think uh, can add that perspective when you were here Dan Hynote was that guy yeah. on the coaching <laughs> staff and um, it's a really important role isn't it uh, to have that go-between guy that the the players they they trust him as a former player and they there are things that they can tell him that um well, he's probably going to tell the head coach, but they, they you know, they have that trust. A go-between guy. You need to have that one key guy, don't you, that uh, is that go-between between the head coach and the player, that buffer, if you will. Well, I think, again, I think it's the fact that they're not that far removed from where these players are. And as much as it's a go-between, I just think it's they, there's an understanding there from Jared and Mac of maybe what these players are thinking. You know, not to say that Brad or, or Pascal aren't equipped to know that as well, but they're they're a little closer to that uh, to that you know playing part of their career. So uh, they're a big help in the for for a staff to have have somebody like that. You know, you mentioned uh, that Basil McRae is a former teammate of yours, and you were a longtime Minnesota North Star. And, you know, just going back and looking at the career that you had, when you started playing junior hockey, Wayne Gretzky was a teammate of yours. Yes, he was. That was a, that's a long time ago. It, uh, uh, often, you know, I, and I, I spend my summers in Sault Ste. Marie, so, you know, lots of, lots of memories from, from the time. We only played one year, and he was such a great player. That's all he had to play, and he went on to the WHA as I did, but he's he's uh, he was an amazing 16-year-old. He had 182 points or something like that. So you kind of knew right then that there was something special coming. Yeah, there were no secrets, right? No, no. There was you knew there was going to be a special player coming at some point, and he, he obviously right away, as soon as he entered the National Hockey League, he was a star. Your first venture into pro hockey, though, wasn't in Minnesota. You actually back in the late 70s were in the World Hockey Association. You went to Birmingham, Birmingham, Alabama. Um, what was that like for you, and what was that decision to to turn pro and to go into that league? Well, we were there were six of us actually that did it. We were all 19 years old, and we went there instead of playing our last year of junior. And uh, we thought it was going to be the best way for us to develop. Instead of spending four years in junior, we spent three and spent one year in the old WHA, which was the last year of the WHA. So. Uh, it was it was a great year. It prepared us for the National Hockey League. It was a, it was a good league, obviously maybe not quite as good as the NHL, but it was a really good league. Got to play against some old some older players, uh, but the development of playing that one year before going to the National Hockey League was a big help. And then the next year, Minnesota took you early in the draft, and and you spent as I said a lot of time there as a player. Did you have any idea when they drafted you that? your career would go as well there as it did that you would spend so much time there that you would become a fabric of the community there well i you know i obviously was young and i got drafted you know in the first round so i i, I was confident that i could be a good player in the national hockey league you, you knew it was going to not be always smooth but I, it was i was pretty confident that i could play uh I had some rough time with injuries and stuff so i did cut my career a little bit short but it was, it's a great place. Minnesota, Minneapolis, St. Paul is a, is a great area. It's a, it's it's like home for us Canadians with the snow and the cold. But uh, I I just loved my time there. 
And, you know, not only were you a first-round pick, but you were also the captain of that team yes, for I a was. long time. Yeah, I was for six years I was the captain. And uh, uh, I guess we had some ups and downs there. We were in the Stanley Cup final once, but never won. But it was, it was a great time. And, look, you know, when you're, when you're done playing, so there's some guys that maybe look back at, at it, can look at there's some negative things. I had, I, I nothing but positive things to say. I I got to play in some some big games and some some big tournaments with Canada. So I was pretty lucky. Yeah, yeah, playing for Team Canada and and at that time, I mean, just there were so many great players, just great players today. I get that, I understand that. But man, when you look back at that era that you were playing, you're playing against Hall of Famers almost every day. <laughs> Well, it, it, you didn't think about it at that time. You just thought you, you're playing against some really good players, and you know the Edmonton Oilers at that point were the uh, the elite team. And one, you know, New York Islanders. Uh, we played them in the finals. They won four cups in a row. Then Edmonton won four cups in a row. So th- there was great players. There's no question about it. But you, when you're playing, you're not thinking these guys are Hall of Famers. They're actually enemies. So, <laughs> <laughs> who's your uh, who, who'd you like playing against the most? Like, did did you love those games against the Oilers? Just that challenge for you as a defenseman? Uh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was not a lot. Most of those nights were not fun nights. Uh, <clears throat> we were rivals with Chicago. I think yeah. we we had some great series, some great games with Chicago Blackhawks and. Uh, they were heated. They were they were fun hockey games, and you know St. Louis was another rival for us in Minnesota. But uh, Edmonton was good. They they were dangerous offensively. Everybody, and they, but those we had we had a few tough nights with them. <laughs> yeah, it is funny though. Like when you look at today's game, you know the best teams they seem to have two guys. You know Pittsburgh's got Crosby and Malkin. Uh, yeah. Edmonton's got uh, McDavid and Drysaitel, but. In those days, it wasn't two guys; it no. was five guys, six guys. Oh, they had they had so many stars. <laughs> you know, Messier, Gretzky, Anderson, uh, Curry, Paul Coffey on defense. So, uh, their their support staff was always really gritty and tough. So, uh, you you don't win four Stanley Cups, but, you know, just by being lucky. They 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 were by far the best team of our era. Was it tough for you when the North Stars moved out of Minnesota and moved to Dallas? Yeah, it was disappointing as an alumni. I think a lot of a lot of guys put a lot of time and effort for for that franchise. And I look back at it, I was I actually wasn't in Minnesota at that time. I was working for Philadelphia as an assistant coach, but it was disappointing for sure. We uh, and. It, and I don't think I don't think there there really was a good reason for him to leave, other than the owner at that time, Norm Green, wanted a bigger market, and uh, the franchise now in in uh, St. Paul with the Wild proved that it's a great hockey state, and and it should never have left in the first place. I remember a couple of years ago when uh, they had the outdoor game, and you went and you yeah. played in the <laughs> alumni game, and uh, I remember. I remember two things specifically, the excitement that you had before you left, and I know you were sore when you came back, but you still had double the excitement when you came back. What was that like for you to go back there and, and be amongst old teammates like that in, in that setting and get the appreciation of those fans that watched you as a young player and now they're back to watch you as an alum? Wow, it was, it was amazing, actually. It was, uh, you know, everybody had been away for so long, and then you bring, up, bring so many teammates back together. And 
it was an amazing weekend. It was probably one of the highlights of my whole career in hockey is, is that weekend, uh, seeing old teammates and playing before 40,000 people outside at, at the University of Minnesota football stadium. So it was, they did a first-class job, and, and like I say, we, a lot of guys prepared for that. I, I haven't really skated since, but for a couple months before that, I skated and, and it took every anti-inflammatory medicine I could find for my knees and hips and uh, ended up having hip surgery. My other hip replaced after that game, so it was, uh, it was well worth it, though. I, we, uh, we had a great time. Yeah, like I said, I I remember you getting ready, your quote-unquote training for that game, and, and then uh, coming back, and uh, I don't think you really walked with a noticeable limp after that, did you? <laughs> well, I do now, but that's <laughs> – but, no, it was fun. It, 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 it was actually really interesting because we, we played Chicago, which are, a lot of the players were our arch rivals, and we all went to – the night before, we had a real good outing with both teams – but it was interesting once the game started. It, it was competitive. It's like you did not want to lose, and and uh, we ended up winning it. But it was it was fun atmosphere. The, the both teams at the end, uh, you know, was just brought back so many great memories for both sides. That really is what to me. That's what makes this game so special. And you know, I've worked in other sports, but I, I just don't. Maybe I haven't been in them long enough that I understand it. But I don't think that they have the same appreciation and camaraderie as the hockey players do and it's just what you just talked about like you're you could be out having beers the night before the alumni game against guys that you probably hated to play against you probably wanted to run them through the boards when you played against them as a regular player now you're having beers with them but then you step on the ice outside and by god if you can run them through the boards again you're going to do that (laughs) but it's it's just the appreciation that everybody has for for the game and and what it takes to play this game at a high level well i think you know, well, obviously, hockey's been a, a huge part of my life. So it's like, but we grew up in that atmosphere as kids. Like we, in Canada and, and probably lots of places in the U.S. are the same. It's like we grew up with outdoor rinks and, and uh, we were as competitive in our neighborhood. And, and every day, you know, you get slashed in the head and you slash somebody back and you steal the puck or you try to hold on to the puck. And that's how we learned how to play, and it just we grew up like that. And so when you got into competitive, you know, organized hockey, uh, you just you you're following your instincts that you learned when you were five, six, four, five, six, and you're playing in the backyard. So it was no different. It, it just you know you had a jersey and you had a uniform when you started to play organized hockey. And once you get to the NHL again, it's just we're just big kids and that's what you see here in the nhl with the blue jackets it's just a bunch of big kids just playing a game they love yeah i I tell people all the time i said this is like a license never to grow up when you can do this for a living every day right (laughs) well i've been pretty fortunate i've been in the game since professionally since i was 19 and uh it's it's given me everything i've got a great family because of the game and uh, so I, I I owe everything in my life to the game of hockey. I'm with Craig Hartsburg right now, and you talked about how the injuries kind of curtailed your career, but you got right out of playing and went into coaching uh, in Minnesota, and then, as you said, you moved on to Philadelphia. You became a head coach in, in Chicago, of all places, for crying yes, out loud, Yes, exactly. Right? <laughs> um, but what's was, was that tough for you, or as the injuries were going through, were you starting to figure out, if I want to stay in the game, I'm going to have to do it in a different way? Well, I think the last few years, I, you know, I'd had hips or hip 
problems, knee problems, and I knew you knew it was coming to an end. So you, you start thinking what you're going to do after after playing, and I, I definitely wanted to stay in the game, and I was given a chance to to be <clears throat> to be an assistant coach right away. So I was pretty lucky, and you know I I loved it, I, I enjoyed it, and uh, to be in the NHL or professional for over 40 years, it's I was I was pretty lucky. As you still do it now, and you're, and I know we're, we're talking about you working primarily with the coaches, but when you're around here, you're around the players too. And, and, and yep. I'm sure there are people that pick your brains. And, and how much do you still appreciate these? I mean, you've got Cole Sillinger on this team. It's 18 years old. Most of the guys now are somewhere between 18 and 25 in this league. Yep. It's a very, very young league. How much do you appreciate that you're still able to help guys that young and try to <laughs> set them on the right path when it comes to playing the game the right way? Well, uh, you know, they're a very respectful group we have here. They're 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 young, but they all want to get better. They want they want to do what's right. Uh, you know, I look at a guy like Zach Wierenski, who's I think just a, a special player that Columbus has here, and we're lucky to have him. And I'm a huge fan of of Zach the way he plays and the th- and uh, you know, we uh, if, if there's anything I can do to help grow his game, I, I will I will offer it to him. But uh, the, the whole group, I think, is, is is on the right track, and we, you know, management is, is going to keep trying to get this thing going in that direction. But it's a good group of young players that uh, I enjoy talking to. You know, I don't talk to them all or very often, but uh, when I can talk to one or two here and there when I'm in town, it's it's always fun talking hockey. Let me ask you about Zach in particular, because since you've been around here and, and you've seen a lot of him. You know, this summer, I was a little bit surprised when Seth Jones got traded and Zach signed his big contract. The, the part that surprised me was that Zach was very vocal about wanting to step out of that Seth Jones shadow and be the guy on this blue line uh, because Zach's just always quiet. He just always goes about his business. I, I didn't even think about, you know, it was always Seth and Zach, and yeah. he was ready for it to be Zach. When you watch him play this year, how impressed are you with the way that he has really taken that responsibility? Where Because I, I think, to me, as I watch him from upstairs, I, I think that he has improved in all aspects of his game. He's always been a great offensive guy, yeah. but I think defensively he's really made some adjustments. How impressed are you with him? Well, he's like I said, he's I'm a huge fan of, yeah. his, of him as a player, and he's going to keep getting better. Like, he, a defenseman, it, it takes some time to, before you really reach your peak, and he's, he's growing every day as a player. Uh, his role obviously is huge on this team. It's even bigger than it was before, which is an adjustment. His ice time has gone up. Uh, uh, being an assistant captain is, a, is another addition for his role. So he uh, he continues to grow as a player, and and now we're lucky he's going to grow with our organization, and, and, and he'll help our organization grow fast as well. Adam Boquist is a guy that's really young, just 21 years old. He's got the offensive part of this game figured out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, It's a defensive part that he is still figuring out. But like you said, it takes time to do that. And I guess it's easier to have a little bit more patience when when he can do the things with the puck like he can do. Well, he, he is a special player offensively. He's, he's, he's still learning defensive game. He's, I think he's got to get stronger, too, as well. Physically, he's got to you know, mature. He's 21, but there's lots of 21-year-olds that still have – a lot of 
growth. I'm not saying he's going to grow higher, but he's mm-hmm. he's got he's going to get stronger, and that'll help. And he'll, his conditioning, everything, will keep getting better. At, but he's got a chance to you know do some special things. He's he's you know he's lucky. You know he's getting plenty of opportunity here, but a lot of places maybe at that age he wouldn't be. But he's he's going to grow. He's going to learn. Uh, on the ice and then off the ice as well with that physical conditioning part where once he really figures that out, then he'll take some big steps. Speaking of opportunity, Andrew Peake this year has done nothing but take advantage of every opportunity that he's been giving. I I remember going into training camp, you know, the question was, who are going to be the five and six guys? Is Andrew Peake going to be able to be one of those guys? Not only did he answer that question, now he's playing on the top pair with Zach Wierenski. And, and again, injuries happen. COVID happens. There's openings. This guy, every step of the way this year, has just jumped into a hole and filled it and doesn't look like he's interested in giving it back to anybody. No, he, you know, he, he is a, really a, a good kid, another character kid that, you know, he's still got so much growth in his game, but he's, he's competitive. He, he knows what kind of player he is, which is – a real good step for a young defenseman. Uh, a lot of them haven't quite figured out if he's going to be an offensive guy, if he's going to be a physical guy. Uh, Adam, he, he knows what he's going to be, and he's, he's trying to get better at what he is. Uh, he's the type of player that I think is a good fit for Zach Wierenski, that, you know, more of a stay-at-home guy that's going to provide some physical play and, uh, and, and I think he's done a good job there. Whether long term, that's where he is. That's who knows. It's, we're we're still early in this, but he's he's gotten better and better all year long. And, and, you know, like you say, we started out. We knew he'd be on the team. We're quite sure where he's going to fit, but he just keeps getting better and he keeps pushing himself higher in the lineup. What about Gavrikov? What do you think of when you watch him play every night? Well, he's just a a monster defensively. Like in our end, he's. He's this, you know, obviously his size and his strength, he just can eliminate people, you know, very quickly, which is which is hard to do in the NHL nowadays with the motion and the people moving. But he gets plays stopped fast, and, and that's, that's a big help to our, some of those young guys back there that he can come in and eliminate people right away. But he's, and he's had a, to me, he's had a really good year too. He's, he's, he moves the puck. He's, he's, he's very supportive on the offense and, uh, a good player, a real good player. He's sneaky. Yes. yes very he's, sneaky. He's, he, you can't underestimate his, his ability to, to help offensively. I don't think that's his, his biggest role here, but he certainly can support it. Jake Bean isn't playing right now because he's injured, but as you watch him play, do you put him in the Boquist category, a guy that is going to grow and he's going to get bigger physically, he's going to get stronger physically, and, and that'll make him a better player? Well, he's, he's going to have to. I think he, he had a good start to the year. Uh, and I think he kind of hit the wall a little bit. He got a little, little bit tired now, he, and he got hurt. So I think I think the thing with him, he, he, he does have some real good assets, his skating, and he, he can think the game pretty well. So, again, he's a young player that's learning how to play in the league. And he's going to, he's probably learning as well. He's got to get, he's got to add some strength to his, his body. Well, I'll tell you what, Craig, when I was, uh, when I used to do baseball, the guys, there was guys that used to play in the big leagues and they would get these instructor roles and everybody strived not to be a minor league coach. They wanted to be a roving instructor because <laughs> that meant that they could come in and work with the team for a week 
and then they could go work with one of the other minor league teams for a week, and then they'd go home for two weeks. So they had a perfect balance in their life, and that's what you found a way to do now in hockey. You come in for three or four games, and then go back down to Florida and recharge your batteries. Yeah, you know, I, I, it's, I'm pretty fortunate, and I, and I love it. And uh, I watch I watch hockey all the time, and, I, and so I spend a lot of time on watching the Blue Jackets, and again reporting back what I see to, to Lars or one of the other guys. So that's pretty fortunate, and I, and I love coming in for the, for the time I'm here to to see guys like you, Bobby, and uh, and spend some time with the, the staff as well. So it's a it's a great role and uh, uh, hopefully I'm, I'm doing a good job and helping out well, I'll tell you what I in, in all seriousness it is great to still have you be a part of this it's great to see you every couple of weeks uh, you know when you when you left and you retired it I was sad for that because you're you're one of the great guys of the game to have around and you're a valuable asset and I'm glad that Yarmo and JD have you back here doing what you're doing and uh, thanks for talking to me I don't know why you picked to go to Buffalo uh, <laughs> when you could have stayed in Florida I'm not sure about that I won't question your judgment but it's great to have you here thanks oh, Craig. thanks Bobby that is Craig Hartsburg talking about his coaching development role with the Blue Jackets he is one of the great guys of the game and what a good move by the Blue Jackets to find a way to bring him back into the organization and give him responsibility that is going to help the coaching staff that's going to help the players that overall is going to make this a more successful and a better organization. The Blue Jackets are back on the ice at the Bell Center in Montreal tomorrow afternoon. The puck will drop at 12.30. Our pregame coverage will begin at 12 o'clock, straight up, high noon, on the Blue Jackets radio network and on Valley Sports Ohio. So make sure that you join me tomorrow to see if the Blue Jackets can make it three consecutive wins to start off this road trip. I'd like to thank Craig Hartsburg for being my guest today. Also, thanks to head coach Brad Larson for his comments about Craig Hartsburg. And thank you, as always, for listening to CBJ and 30, presented by Tell Ohio Credit Union. Until next time, I'm Bob McElligot saying so long.